Salutations, Scoob Believer. Do you have a dream of becoming an entrepreneur, but don't know where to start or even what to do? Where can I gather information quickly about what's in my zone of genius? Don't worry, Scoob Believers. I got you covered. Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt and check out an amazing set of AI prompts that will give you ideas, information, and articles to help you get across that start line. Once again, go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt to get you started now. Good luck, Scoob Believer. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 50. Woohoo! To the Undiscovered Entrepreneur, the podcast where brand new entrepreneurs come to life and could quite possibly be discovered. Join me, DJ Scoob, and the rest of the Scoob Believers as we help these new businesses become a reality. And now, away we go! Salutations, Scoob Believers, and we are here with episode 50 that's right the big five zero i can't believe i've made it to this point i'm so excited to be here so i decided to do something a little bit different for my 50th episode i decided to put together my top 10 episodes uh or moments i guess i should say in the undiscovered entrepreneur and uh the people that i've come across everybody has been exciting over all 50 episodes and uh, i learned so so much from everybody but these are going to be the top 10 people that said something really profound to me that really made a difference in my life, in my podcast, and hopefully yours too. So let's take a listen to uh, number one here. And this is with Joan and Barbara. Now, Joan and Barbara own Healing Headbands. And uh, Joan actually said something that was really inspiring to me. So let's go ahead and take a listen to what she has to say in this first round. had three fundraisers in total but one of them was not like one was like really just a a welcoming from the community to uh we had just um changed our location and we were in a we're in a beautiful life center where people come and have events and um do yoga and do special workshops for health and so we had opened our little our doors up there to um, set up a space for ourselves to work. And so we were just sort of opening ourselves to the community to say, here we are sort of like a grand opening, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we had 25 artists from the community come showcase their work and, uh, wasn't really a fundraiser, but we were, we have these little wristbands that we hand out. There were 150 people who showed up, which was a mind. We were like completely astounded by that um it was amazing actually and so because everybody had a different color wristband we were able to gather them in different groups and help them understand the process of laughing together so they were like little communities little circles of of uh of people that never met maybe before very random and so we were able to 
illustrate to the community to the the community what we are doing. And it was the first time we ever really showcased that to a large group of people. And uh, afterwards, people were putting money <laughs> into a basket, and we we're like, "Oh, we didn't really know. We didn't really want any money. We were just here." So, you know, we did. We we made some money for the organization that night, and um, that was a surprise to us. And uh, then we thought, "Have another." So we did it again. <laughs> But this time it was a real fundraiser and it was very, we, we did very well. That's a fantastic example of if you help other people's people, they will help you. Isn't that just an amazing story? And like I said at the very end there, it's a great example of if you help and you give in your community and, and that kind of thing, people will return that love. People will return all that kind of thing in one way, shape or form, whether it be money or any, or you know, talking about your company or anything else along those lines, it's amazing what just a little bit of help with your community can actually do. So I'm really glad that Joan pointed that out, and I really hope you learned something from that. Okay, so our next uh, person we're going to be talking about here is probably one of the most amazing people I've ever had on my podcast of out of all the interviews that I put together. This is none other than the great Cliff Ravenscraft. Cliff Ravenscraft, if you don't know who he is, you got to look him up because he is an amazing gentleman. Now, um, in this one, we talk a little bit about the book. This is actually where I first heard about the book, uh, The Big Leap. And it really inspired me to look into the book. And let's see what Cliff has to say about it that really got me going. I had a friend of mine, I won't mention his name here, but I had a friend of mine and I read this book called The Big Leap. Mm-hmm. And it, it only took four and a half hours, five hours to read this entire book. I mean, it's you can read it in an afternoon. And oh my gosh, it transformed my life. I mean, I, I shut down 100% of my podcast Answer Man revenue and made the decision within just a few short weeks to completely rebrand myself from Podcast Answer Man to the Mindset Answer Man. A decision that I had been not, you know, mauling over for more than two or three years at that point. Mm-hmm. I read this book and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, this is the eye opening thing. And I first read the book, did a YouTube, uh, was it Facebook Live? I did a Facebook Live about right. the topic of the book. I explained the entire book in about 15, 20 minutes. And I said, hey, in one year, I will not have a single product or service related to podcasting whatsoever. You will not be able to hire me. So you've got one year to sign up for podcasting A to Z. About <laughs> a week later, I said, you've got 90 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then one week after that, so two weeks after I read this book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, I said, it was two weeks later, I said, my next session of podcasting A to Z, it is absolutely my last session. This is your last chance. <laughs> this is it. And that was it. And 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 I and I've lived up to that. That I have not uh, done any podcast coaching or consulting since then. But uh, my friend got the book, and he says, "Cliff, you know, I, I've got lots of books on my list and stuff like that. But you know, every now and then, when you recommend a book, I'll I'll put it at the top and go ahead and read it." And so I read the book. It's called The Big Leap. And, uh, he's like, I don't get, he, he, his, his, it came in a text message, Cliff. I read the big leap next line. I don't get it. The next line, what's the big deal with this book? And so I said, do you have time for a quick uh, FaceTime call? Mm -hmm. 
And, and he said, sure. So I said there, I said, let me ask you this. Did you read where, where it asked this question? Are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all of the time? That's in there? Yes. Have you, do you remember that question? No. Let, think about that question. Answer that for me right now. Are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all of the time? He's like, wow, that's a pretty profound question. I said, exactly. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, did you learn about this zone, this zone? That Yeah, I understood the zones. Okay, but did you actually answer the, there are four questions that help you discover your zone of genius. He goes, where's that at? And I said, well, here, let me ask you these questions. And I asked, I asked him the four questions. Right. He goes, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it, his life was changed in that moment, in that conversation. In that very moment is when my life was transformed as well, too. Right after that interview, I went out and actually got the big leap. I actually got it on Audible. And oh my gosh, I can't believe what it actually has done to help me in my entrepreneur adventure. It really got my focus on the right thing, finding out what my zone of genius is and how to actually incorporate that in my business. And uh, I just can't stop talking about it. You'll actually hear me over and over again talk about the big leap. So if you want to read The Big Leap, look into my show notes. I will have a link to that book if you want to purchase that book on, uh, on Audible or anything like that. I'll have a link there for you where you could possibly get it for free. If you'd like to hear a little bit more about The Big Leap, on my episode 25, look back in my archives, episode 25, I actually talk about those four questions that Cliff was talking about. Uh, ask yourself those four questions to help you find what your zone of genius is. Okay, so. Now that we're done talking to Cliff, and thank you, Cliff. Thank you very much for those wonderful words. We're going on to this next gentleman, which uh, I was really excited to find him. He is the youngest person on my podcast. That's right. We're talking about KJ. KJ is an NFT creator, and uh, he also speaks uh, around the world uh, about different types of uh, things kids can do to become better people. Entre possible entrepreneurs, all that good stuff. He has some great information. So let's see what he has to say. That's one thing I said to my family all the time. Cause like my, like I have one of those supportive families out there. Like when I flew out to LA, I live all the way in Massachusetts. As I said earlier, when I went to LA for my, um, you know, presentation in NFT Expoverse at a panel, um, my aunts came, my uncles came, uh, my cousins came, like it was just a big giant fiesta. And in one of my supporters who, um, you know, who I can really call my dear friend slash brother, um, actually came as well. Like I've never met him in person until that event. And I felt like that was so amazing. So inspirational. So, you know, I've said to my family many times, um, you know, I, I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to like give back to you. And they're, like, they're always like, you know, no, there's no worries. You know, I did it because I want to see you prosper. But in reality, I want to give back and I want to make sure that they're set for life too. Yeah. They get you, get you that warm, fuzzy feeling inside knowing that you've helped out after everything you've put out for yourself. Now let's give it to other people. Absolutely. All right. Some great words from KJ. And I am so glad that I was able to have that opportunity to be able to talk with him. It's so amazing to be able to have a family that supports you in everything that you do. 
It's always important to find somebody that's going to support you in what you do when it comes to your entrepreneur adventure or anything else for that matter. So along your entrepreneur adventure, look for people that are willing to help you, willing to encourage you, willing to point you in the right direction. Those positive things will help you as you go along. All right. So coming up next with our top 10, we are talking to a gentleman that was really inspiring to me, uh, not just for what he's doing as his entrepreneur adventure, but his mindset and how things work for him. Uh, we're talking to Sam Mars. Now, Sam Mars uh, is creating a application for servers, which is kind of close to my heart because, heck, I'm a server. It's one of my two jobs. And what he's doing is help fill uh, spots as we need to start a following because having a server, if you could get a following, is such an amazing thing to have to help things along. Um, but he says something here that was really profound to me and something that was really close to my heart. So right now we're going to listen to Sam Mars. <laughs> There's two quotes I keep with me. One is from an anime, one is in real life. And the real life one I actually tattooed on my back. It's from Rocky. It says, it's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Yes. Oh, I love that one so, so much. Yes. That is amazing. Keep me going. Oh, yeah. Um, The other one, it's something that when you're, I'm feeling, you know, burnt out or if I'm feeling horrible or like I just failed. There's a quote from an anime called Full Metal Alchemist, and the character Edward Elric, he, he and his brother Alphonse Elric both say it throughout the throughout the, the series. It says, "Humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. To obtain something of equal value must be lost. That is the law of equivalent exchange. Before you get anything you want, you will be taken down a couple notches. You will lose some things." And I've taken that throughout all of my entrepreneurial journeys. And it, it's, you know, it's made all the difference. You know, it gives me the, the, it gives my brain the okay to feel bad for a minute, just so it can think about what it obtained. You know, um, it's okay with loss as long as I get. It's okay with giving up as long as I make up for it. Um, it, it just sucks in the moment when you're losing something for something else you, you can understand what you're losing to gain so you have to not look in the review mirror look in the front you know look what you're going to get not what you're giving up um and and those two things i i really i come back to a lot and it really does boil down to getting through that failure or getting through that negative part in your life to move on to something more positive because of that equal, I, I'm tearing up right now. I'm, I kid you not, Sam, because that that actually also means a lot to me. I'm a huge anime fan. If anybody listens hey. to any of the other uh, podcasts, I don't talk about anime too much on my podcast. But if anybody listens and knows about my life, I've been watching anime since uh, since Akira. So wow. nicely yeah. done. Thank you. Yes. So, but that really does get into get into a lot of great philosophies of even though we experience negative things, as long as we can persevere through those negative things, positive things are on the horizon, positive things are on the other side because of the rule of reciprocity. So I appreciate that, Sam. Thank you so much for that. And I'm definitely going to be clipping that out to And clip it out, I did. And here it is again. Uh, Once again, one of my favorite moments in Undiscovered Entrepreneur 
uh, talking to Sam Mars. And both of those sayings really, really, if you couldn't tell by my reaction, really have a lot of meaning for me. Uh, and I could definitely attest to the point where uh, as many times as I get hit, it's not about how hard I hit back or anything like that. It's about how many times I can get up from being hit is really what's important and what makes me who I am. Uh, definitely keep that in mind in your entrepreneur adventure. And I know uh, it came from an anime, but it really is something. Now, I'm big into anime. If anybody has listened to any other podcasts that I've been a part of, not so much of this one. I don't talk about anime too much in this podcast, but I've guessed it on several other podcasts where we talk about anime. And that's one that I always come across that really means something really special to me is the the rules of reciprocity and giving up something so we can make something else. You'll see that happen during your entrepreneurial adventure where you feel like you have to give up something, whether it be time, money, uh, anything like that, to be able to get something back that's even better, that's even more powerful than what you started with. So always keep that in mind as things go along. And uh, you'll see how things work out for you. All right, moving on to our next person. We are talking to Isaac. Isaac is a gentleman who uh, works with branding and getting helping uh, companies find their personal brand and their company brand and things of those things of that nature. And I was really glad to be to uh, come across Isaac because he had a lot of great things to say about branding and how he helps. And we got to hear a little bit about the differences between a logo and a brand, because that was something that I wasn't really sure on. So I was able to ask him that question. Let's see what his answer was. So can you maybe define a brand for me? Yeah, well, that's the that's a beautiful thing to understand and to note, too, that a logo is a part of a brand. It isn't the brand. The brand itself would be Coca-Cola and the Coca-Cola logo is an aspect. The name is an aspect and they're all extensions and pieces of the brand as a whole. So let's say, you know, we have the company Coca-Cola and that is the master piece of the jigsaw puzzle and every single different piece kind of comes together. So the brand, and this is the other thing that I would also note before I answer that question is there are different kinds of brands. There is a personal brand. There is a company brand. The podcast has a separate brand. If you write a book, your book has a separate brand, but they're all tied together in some fashion. And so your personal brand is who you are. It's what people know you as. Now, on a technical side, the company brand is what people know of, know of what people think of you. Um, and when it comes to a company, you see, when you have a personal brand, you don't have to create personality traits or characteristics. You don't have to give yourself those traits. But when it comes to creating a company, you have to determine what is it going to stand for? What are the value prop? prop you know, what, what's the value proposition? What are the, the key, key pillars of, um, you know, what we're about? What are we trying to accomplish? What is our mission? And so the brand is ultimately what it is. And then marketing is the vehicle and the way that you get more people to know about you or about your company. And so it's not just a logo. It's not just a name. It's not just, you know, some marketing copy. It, all of it is a part of the brand. And I was a super, you know, long-winded answer, but it's a complex question and complex questions oftentimes have complex answers. <laughs> no, that's okay. But uh, it's, it's important to get this all out just in case somebody has that question, you know, so I want to make sure that's, that's understood. I am really super happy that Isaac was able to make that distinction for me. Uh, that was a question I've had for a really long time in my head. And I was really glad he was able to answer that for me. So just in case somebody had 
a similar question to that. I wanted to make sure that that question was answered in a really good way. So thank you, Isaac. I really appreciate your knowledge and uh, and branding. All right. So next is somebody who is really special to me and who was actually my episode two. That's none other than Philip Hughes. Now, Philip Hughes is the creator of Elementary Analytics, and you've probably heard that a couple of times from me. Uh, I actually ran some commercials for him in my podcast, some affiliate uh, links and all that kind of thing. So uh, he really is special to me and what he did for me uh, becoming my very first affiliate. So uh, we talk a little bit here about how we take information, whether it be good or bad, and what we actually do with it. Also, we get into a little bit about starting now and why we got to start now. So let's listen to Philip Hughes. If you get actual bad feedback, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So I think you've got this, you've got these software ideas you want to do. You can go and do them and get them validated. One thing I would say as well is I've made the mistake is... If you get an idea validated, stick with the path you then want to go with it and trust you, trust your instincts, trust your ideas. Because especially with elementary analytics in the early days, I think I delayed maybe even up to 12 months really pushing it out to people because it was always like, oh, well, it should be doing this or it should be doing this or it's not in-depth enough or it's, there was always someone's opinion that was influencing me. And what I'm learning now is basically... Yes, listen to the advice, but what you want and what your idea and vision of it is, just stick to it and, and be very disciplined and, and focused on it because no one's going to know more about your product. No one's going to be more passionate about your product than you. And no one's going to be as committed to the product as you. So don't then get disheartened with it because it moves away from what you want. Just stick to your guns and stick to your vision. I think that's one of the the advice I give to people once you once you've validated that your idea has got legs, basically. That's fantastic advice. Yeah, definitely. You know the book that you're talking about, and one thing that that you touched on too is trusting your gut. I think trusting your gut, and because you're the one person that's really putting this together, is probably one of the most important things that you should really consider. And instead of you know, like you said, don't just you know not listen to everybody, but make sure that you trust in yourself into taking the positive things that you get from other people and incorporating that into uh into what you're doing but you got to make sure you, you check with your gut first and make sure that sets right with you so that's awesome good stuff it's actually a little bit funny looking back at that video of me if you watch this on youtube and to see the difference between the the picture quality and my reactions on the camera and things like that that was <laughs> Very almost cringy to watch, but hey, you know, like we say, we got to start somewhere, right? But uh, I really want to thank uh, Philip Hughes for being my second interview in that whole podcast and uh, being, I don't know, just an amazing person to be able to talk about the things that we talked about. So uh, I just want to go ahead and throw in here if there any of this that you really want to uh, listen to, if you want to listen to the whole episode, look down to the show notes. I will have links to every one of these podcasts if you want to listen to them. So thank you, Philip, and thank you for the amazing information. All right, next we're going to talk to my second most downloaded interview, 
And that is with none other than J. Robert Parker from Twin Ravens Hypnotherapy. And man, uh, this is actually one of my follow-up interviews that I had with him. Uh, we waited six months to, supposed to be six months, but I think it was closer to a year before we're actually being able to pull together this follow-up. And he had some great, great information and stories to tell. Let's listen to this one. My big goal that I realized this year professionally is kind of, I guess it would be my, my private mission statement, less so than my public mission statement just kind of what your business means to you. And so for most of my life, I didn't get help. I didn't go to therapy. I didn't do any of that thing because I didn't feel like anyone spoke to me or heard me or anything like that and suffered for it greatly. And so I've decided that that my goal, my, my mission, so to speak, is to be that person, be the person that I needed for all those years. And that if I could do that, if I can be that, then for one, I fulfill something needed in myself. But I also speak to people who would never previously have gotten help. I have a good amount of clients that they hate therapists and therapy, but they'll talk to me and they'll see progress with me because of that relationship, because of that love and that concern. And the fact that I always keep that in my mind, that my, my private professional goal is to, to be the, the help that I never got that I could never find because I wasn't, I wasn't beyond help when I was younger. No one's ever beyond help. There was just not the voice to speak to me. And the only way to get that voice was to be that voice. So that's kind of one of those things that drives me in, in doing this work. So roundabout answer, but <laughs> No, I mean, you're basically fulfilling your own need. Yeah, exactly. It's really what that boils down to. So it's yeah. like, if I can't find it, I'll be that per I'll be that person that I needed because you know what? There's yeah. going to be other people out there that are. I wasn't the, the only way. one. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. know, it makes perfect sense. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something you'd really like to be? Is the one thing that you never had in your life. To actually become that one thing that you really need to be for yourself, because you know for a fact there's other people out there that are experiencing the similar things that you're being, but never had that help. So uh, J. Robert Parker really decided to be that person he never was able to have in his life. And now he's helping hundreds and hundreds of other people have that person. So J. Robert Parker, thank you so, so much for being the person that you are and helping other people out there that are going through similar problems that you had when you were growing up or in your lifetime or anything along those lines and being the person who you are. Thank you so, so much. All right, the next person we're going to talk to here is probably one of the most amazing people I was able to get on my podcast. She uh, has been a podcaster for a really long time, and she has 
such an amazing way with words and her presence uh, on podcasts and speaking. And she actually, uh, I actually met her through, not directly, but through uh, Pat Flynn, which was an amazing thing to begin with. So we're talking about Esprit DeVore. So let's listen to what she has to say about one of her failures being actually her one of her biggest successes. Is there one particular failure that you're proud of and why? What came up for me when you asked that was um, my sports company. It's the most epic experience ever. The thing, the thing about that world word and the thing that made me take pause is, is anything really a failure if we're learning from all of it and just leveling up throughout our lives? Like if it, our whole life is like one big journey, then technically nothing really like fails because it's serving some purpose of value. But the classic failure, I had this company for several years madly in love with my company, gave everything, money, spirit, time to the company. It didn't end up ultimately where I had aspired for it to go. For a lot of years, I thought I failed. I even went into a terrible depression, didn't know who I was anymore because my identity was my company. If I had to do that company all over again in the exact same way with the exact same failure, give it to me 20,000 times most epic ride of my life. Like, and it was painful in some, but it was just like incredible. And to know that I gave life my all and I, and I continue to give life my all. I have some down moments, you know, but like overall, I, I really like give life my all. It's just, it's just so exciting to know that I've lived that way and that I took chances. I mean, my sports company, I said, led to meeting with the top pro athletes in the world, something that was exciting for me, uh, learning about startup life and, and venture capital and the kind of network I made. I did just, I mean, I could go on and on just because the whole, it was like I was a rock star. I mean, I didn't know I was a rock star at the time. But now looking back, I'm like, yeah, you are awesome, you know? And so I just think the more that we show up to life and to ourselves, no matter how afraid we are, like that's never a failure, no matter how it turns out. As long as you don't hurt anyone and you live a life of integrity, like showing up to yourself and to life, even if it's a societal perceived failure, like a company not working, it just is. Just It's just another chapter in one big book. Isn't that a great way to kind of wrap that whole thing up in a tight little bow for yourself? Just a chapter in one big book. And I really think she was still very proud of what she accomplished in the sports company, even though it ended up being a little bit of a failure. But was it really a failure if you learned something? And you can actually take that learning and move on to your next entrepreneurial adventure with that knowledge that you took from that failure. But is it really a failure? No, I don't think so. As long as you keep moving on, you keep moving forward, it's not really a failure. It's just a learning curve. It's just just a point that where you learn something for what you're going to be doing next. So thank you, Esprit. I really appreciate the excellent words that you have. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you sometime again in the near future, okay? All right, so our next person. Oh, I'm so glad to have this for you. Uh, Clayton. Clayton actually 
Clayton is the owner of GreenPow. He designed an app where it's an easy way for you to get lawn services by the push of a button. And uh, he has these services all over the place now, but he really has some great information if you're starting to want to start your entrepreneur adventure. Let's hear what he has to say. For a decade, learn from people who have done big things that are similar to what I'm trying to do. And uh, they were critical and pivotal uh, in terms of, of me kind of reinventing myself. I think as an entrepreneur, you're, you're doing three things at once at all times. You're working in the business. You're just mm-hmm. kind of keeping the business going you know, the best you can. You're working on the business. You're developing systems, processes, routines, strategies. And then the third thing is, is you're working on yourself. You're reading books. You're listening to podcasts. You're going to YouTube University. You're, you're uh, listening to, to, to audio books on Audible. All of these things, you're carving out time on a daily or weekly basis to work on yourself so then you can level up. And I think asynchronous mentorship is a big way to do that. Big pe- big name people who don't have time to, to talk to people uh, uh, at a lower level but have done big things, they're putting out all of the secrets. Just, just learn from them. You don't have to like take them to, to Starbucks. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool though, wouldn't it? Would be. Maybe oh, I'll yeah. get there one day. But but until then, until then, I got to learn passively. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I actually talk a lot on a lot of my podcasts about self-education, how important it is to be able to educate yourself as you move your, along your entrepreneur adventure. And like you said, virtual mentors. Uh, pretty much all my mentors are virtual myself. Uh, I have, I haven't talked about them enough. Uh, Pat Flynn is one of my biggest uh, virtual mentors. Uh, I listen to a lot of his podcasts, a lot of his books. And uh, it's amazing how much information you could absorb even on a daily basis if you t- carve some time out for yourself to be able to do that. And being able to work on yourself. I like Now, I've heard about you know working on your business or in your business. But I think you're the first person that actually mentioned working on yourself along in that list. And I think that's really super important yes. to be able to work on three yourself. Three things. Yeah, three things. Exactly, yep. exactly. To be able to work yep. on yourself as you're moving along, as you're going on your entrepreneurial adventure. So that's great. I really appreciate you uh, pointing that out. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it was Michael Gerber wrote a book called The E-Myth. And, and th- that book is about the first two points, working in the business and working on the business and knowing the difference between the two. Somebody needs to come along and write a, write a sequel, the working on yourself uh, piece, because you as the founder are going to have to get good at like 20 or 30 things, basic bookkeeping, basic leadership, basic copywriting, good design, uh, good customer service systems, marketing social media marketing, uh, learning how to, how to run an email campaign, learning how to run a referral campaign. Like you got to learn how to do these things. And I think a lot of times when you're founding a business, like what you are taking in, in terms of educational content is like block and tackling for whatever stage of the game you're in, whatever level of the game you're at. Like maybe you're on level one and, and you just got to get your first hundred customers, well, then like at that stage of the game, you need to be learning good copywriting for like good pitch emails. You need to be learning like how to use LinkedIn to develop a prospect list. You need to be learning about how to, how to pitch a good value proposition and how to close. And then, and then maybe level two 
looks a little bit more like you're building a sales organization. And then you need to learn like, you know, how to, how to develop a predictable revenue uh, sales uh, strategy and how to, how to build a sales team. Like you're learning these things. You got to set, you got to set aside time to learn this stuff, to play the different levels of the game. And uh, somebody needs to codify that into a, into a well understood, I guess, framework. Um, So, so there's a book idea for somebody. (laughs) I might steal that one. Hope you don't mind. There you go. All three, all three, all three at once. All three at once, or at least the last one, the most important one. Because, like you said, in Emith, the first two are kind of covered. But I haven't read or even talked about or heard anything about that third one, working yep. on yourself. So, okay, that's awesome. I'm actually kind of excited about that. Working on yourself. How important is that? I think it's extremely important. So, I mean, like, being able to not just work in your business, but on your business, but also working on yourself is so pivotal in your entrepreneur adventure to make sure you're in top condition to be able to do what you need to do to help your business succeed. Uh, this is something I'm always thinking about. This is something that I'm always trying to get across to people is to always work on yourself. Uh, sometimes it could be difficult, but it's something that we can always work on. Uh, even just like on a lunch break or something like that, that little thing, that little bit of information that you get for yourself could mean the difference between something being possibly profitable, profitable, or even like, uh, oh, who knows what it could be or not, right? Or it could be, you know, you don't do it and nothing happens. So it's really something important to think about in your entrepreneur adventure that you're working on yourself along with everything else that's going on. Thank you, Clayton. I really appreciate you. All right. So this next one is a very big honorable mention. Uh, I really wanted to make sure to have this in there. Uh, he is none other than Dennis Mallon. Now, Dennis Mallon was a very famous uh, actor, uh, had a lot of great commercials under his belt and things along those lines. Unfortunately, not too much longer after I did this interview, he passed away in a car accident. So I really wanted to make sure I had him somewhere in this podcast because he is an amazing person. So let's go ahead and listen to uh, one of his greatest accomplishments in his life. You've done commercials, you've done television, movies, things like that. But do you have one or two things that just kind of stand out in your mind? Sure. Um, Yeah, my son, my daughter. There you go. <laughs> so tell yeah, me about him. If they're going to be your greatest compliments, I want accomplishments. I want to know about him. What are they? Dennis is twenty three. Lauren Ashley is seventeen. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just my kids, my family. You know, it really—they uh, mean the world to me. They really do. You know, we, we need a reason to do what we do. We need a reason to hustle the way we hustle. And, you know, if I can leave this world better um, than what I got it, and if I can create something for them, a legacy for them and for my, my grandkids someday, that's what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. So that's that's uh, by far my greatest accomplishment. Now, I'm, I'm a divorced father. And... Uh, it's like anything else with that comes certain challenges, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you do the best you can, but I'm so proud of those kids. Dennis being 23, 
He's in college right now. Lauren Ashley is going to be graduating from high school this year. And they've, they've overcome a lot. They've overcome a lot. I've had them with certain commercials. Like, sorry, I don't take them to Disney unless we're working. <laughs> right. You know? So if there's, if there's a gig at Disney and you need kids, I'm like, hey, guys, you want to go to Disney? Yeah. And we're getting paid. <laughs> so they've been very flexible that way with me. And they're just very patient. And I really, you know, you read your mission statement, you read your goals, your affirmations. It's all about leaving a legacy, you know, legacy of a body of work, legacy of financial legacy, legacy of being a good example, being a good human being and affecting people's lives, hopefully affecting everybody you touch positively. And that's why I take, I take this stuff so serious because even if people go out to see my movies, what does it cost to take a family out these days? I don't know. Let's say a hundred bucks between babysitting, parking tickets. You want to have popcorn. You want to have popcorn. What's it cost? I don't know. So I take a lot of responsibility and I'm really blessed that my responsibility, my roles and everything that I'm doing is getting bigger and bigger and bigger because I take it so serious. Now, just like Tom Cruise, when Tom Cruise is on set, it's like being on vacation because he loves what he does so much. I love what I do so much. And it truly is a lifetime of work, Jesse. After this interview, um, I really did get to think back to my kids and how much I love them and how much I want to leave a legacy for them to to kind of live through and, and be with. And maybe when I'm gone, they'll understand me and what I'm trying to accomplish and, and hopefully they see what, uh, what I did for them. It's really important for me to leave a legacy for my children and just for them to know how much I really love them. So, um, Jesse Jr., Elaine and Shiloh, all three of my kids, I love you very much. And, uh, I hope we can work together and leave a legacy for the grandchildren that are coming up here. Cause I know my, my daughter has a, grandchild that is i think going on six now and it looks like i have another grandchild on the way so let's uh let's make the world a better place for him all right we have gone down to our last of our top 10 interviews and happenings on the undiscovered entrepreneur so the very last one here uh first of all i need to apologize after a long search i could not find the video that goes with this but uh, it was really important because he says probably the most profound thing that anybody has ever said on my podcast. And it is none other than Dragosh. Dragosh is a beekeeper. He actually inherited a beekeeping company from his family from five plus generations ago. And uh, he actually says something I think is probably one of the most profound things. Um, so let's listen in to see what that actually is. I'd like to tell you a story, uh, a, a small story, if you don't mind, about believing in yourself. So uh, a while back, I've met a gentleman called David. He was part of the, he was a treasurer uh, here in Great Britain, uh, retired. And he was really impressed with my excitement and me just wanting to be everywhere and meet everybody and talk and learn. And this was in a place in Rome, in, in this hotel that, that I was working for, uh, the English church back then. In the evening, uh, he, one evening, he saw that I was uh, very anxious and he asked me 
why? And I said, I have a, I have a, a finance uh, exam the next day at a, the university in Rome back then and talked finance a lot. And, and he knew I, I kind of, I, I dominated a subject. And he was like, why are you anxious? I, I was like, I, I don't think I believe in myself. We used to play chess together a lot, right? So we, we, we sat down at the, at the table. This is one of the most beautiful and motivating stories for me ever. We sat down and we played this game of chess and, and he beat me. <laughs> but he, he, he did something very, very interesting. At the end of the game, he just put two, uh, two pawns on the, on the chessboard and he took one of them and said, Dragos, my friend, you're an incredible human being, but I want you to remember something, that even this pawn can become a queen. And I know, you know, for me, it was such a deep thing. He was trying to say that you have to believe in yourself no matter what, that no matter what, you know, you, you can accomplish everything. You, you can, you have that strength to accomplish whatever you want in your life. You just have to want it. You just have to, to push. You just have to keep doing what you're doing uh, and to believe more in yourself. God, that's such an amazing, I wrote that down. <laughs> I got to tell you, even this pawn can become a queen. That that in itself is just even motivation for me saying that I, no matter what I could do, even I'm, even if I'm the smallest per person in this, I, if I work hard enough and I believe in myself, I can become king, queen, whatever your perception is. Um, that is just some great words. And great words they were. And I, I just really am glad to be able to hear those words because that's something I think about constantly is how even though we're small, we're just getting started, we could still become whatever we want to be. And it's really important to kind of keep that in the back of our head as we're going along in our entrepreneur adventure. So with that, thank you very much for listening to my top 10 episodes of Happenings on the Undiscovered Entrepreneur. It's been a really great pleasure to have you for these first 50 episodes, and I really hope to have you for 50 more. Once again, if you want to listen to any of these podcasts in full, look into the show notes where we will have uh, links to all those uh, episodes. We'll also have links to uh, the Big Leap book that we talked about with Cliff Ravenscraft. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Uh, keep in mind, too, I am still doing my group coachings that we're having time to put that together right now. If you would like to be a part of that, please look into the show notes and or email me at doingittodaycoaching at gmail.com. And with that, thank you very much for joining me and have a great evening. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>